Good afternoon, folks. I would like to first start off this uh, podcast with uh, sending my love and condolences out to Nipsey Hussle's family and friends. And I would like to start this podcast off with a moment of silence for our fallen brother and brethren, Nipsey Hussle. Now, let's talk about some real issues here. Welcome to Guys of the Roundtable, a show where no stone goes unturned. Grab a chair and join us at the table. Here's your host, Vladimir Jean-Philippe. And welcome to another episode of Guys at Roundtable. I'm your boy, Vladimir Jean-Philippe. And as stated in the beginning of this podcast, my condolences goes out to Nipsey Hussle and his family and friends because we lost another black individual who was doing great things in the community earlier this week. And it's a sad thing to kind of think about because... When I first read the news, or I, I first saw it on Twitter, um, and I don't tweet at all, but I was just on Twitter for the guys at the roundtable um, uh, Twitter handle, just to kind of think of something to post, and then I saw that it was trending uh, R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle, and I was just like, whoa, what is going on here? Because I've, I've heard of this guy before, right? Because my favorite rapper is J. Cole. And when J. Cole was on the Freshman 15, Nessie Hustle was on the same uh, magazine cover or magazine issue as J. Cole was. And I didn't really pay uh, Nipsey any mind because, you know, he was a West Coast rapper. And I'm not really into the uh, West Coast style rapping, essentially, because when it came out in the Freshman 15 article, it was more or less like they were kind of donning him the new Snoop Dogg, right? So I was just kind of like, eh, I wasn't really a big Snoop Dogg fan to start off with. But, you know, I, I kind of like listened to a couple of his songs and I wasn't the biggest fan, right? I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and use his name as fame, as a claim to fame, right? But I wasn't a really a big Nipsey Hussle fan. But I respected him because he had lyrical prowess. prowess. And this is before the Freshman uh, mag- the freshman uh, 15 magazine started to go downhill. <laughs> By, you know, putting Lil Uzi Vert and all these other mumble rappers on the uh, magazine issue. But, anywho, earlier this week, I read on Twitter that this man has died. And it was mostly because I saw a J. Cole tweet uh, 
I, I don't remember what the tweet said, but essentially I'm going to paraphrase it. like, I can't believe, you know, this guy has passed. And this is shocking. And my condolences and love goes out to Nipsey Hussle and his family. Right. And I didn't realize that what was going on at first. So I went to the trending and then I realized that this man has died. And so though I wasn't a big Nipsey Hussle fan, right, I did keep up with what this guy was doing in his community. Because to me, any individual that comes from the hood that gains success and goes back to the hood to give back to the hood is a hero in my opinion. It really is. He really, he or she really is. Because let's be real, in to reach that level of success and to decide, and I mean purposely decide, to go back to the hood and try to help out your neighborhood and your community, that is remarkable. It, it, it's a remarkable aspect of the human spirit, in my opinion, because. Let's be real. A lot of folks in the hood spend their entire lives trying to get the hell out of hood, out of the hood, right? That's why they deal drugs. That's why they do the disingenuous things that you see that they do, right? Because they're trying to accumulate some kind of wealth, hood rich, I guess you could call it, and get the hell up out of there, right? So not only did Nipsey, you know, achieve this goal. Right. He aspired for it. He aspired to it and he achieved it right by wrapping his way out of the hood. He went back <laughs> and started doing different things in like what normal folks from the hood would normally do. Right. He kind of was on record kind of, you know, talking against gang violence and the idea and the mentality, the ideologies of, you know, gang life. He was very staunchly op uh, uh, opposing uh, that idea, right? Like, you know, he's pretty much saying that gangs is pretty much a stupid idea. I don't like that. I don't glorify it. I just kind of paint you a picture of what's going on in my hood. Kind of like what Tupac did with his uh, rapping. And he gave you a little glimpse of what was going on in this hood. He used it to get rich and famous. Right. And then he went back and he was helping folks. Right. He got out. But this man decided to come back in and buy real estate, buy properties, buy storefronts. And, you know, he installed a lot of things in his neighborhood. And from what I understand and the brief research that I've done, this man was on the path to talk to the LAPD and how to create a program to kind of deter young kids from going into you know, gang life and turning to gang violence, right? This man was doing all of this stuff. And then to be tragically killed earlier this week is just senseless to me, you know? So, like I said, I'm not going to use this man's name to kind of, you know, climb the, the, the ranks of fame or to get attention or anything like that. But his death has really made me think about a lot of things in the black community. Me being an African-American individual in America, I kind of relate to some of the African-American plights. Well, technically, well, realistically, I'm Haitian-American, but whatever. You know, I'm still black in America, <laughs> right? I'm still black, and I still have my issues. I still have my uh, trial by fire, I guess you could say, that I still go through on a daily basis because of the color of my skin. 
You know what I mean? I don't want to say that, you know, America is vastly racist because lately, you know, I look at races, you know, as like this in this stupid thing that we kind of put on each other, right? But we still go through the same bullshit that we have years ago. Have we come a long way? Absolutely. Do we still have a long ways to go? Hell to the motherfucking yeah. Right? But still, it is one of those things that just looks like it made me think. It's like, whoa, here's a man who's a pillar in his community, right? This guy came from poverty, was involved in gangs, selling drugs, and doing God knows what, you know, devious acts to kind of make ends meet on a day-to-day basis when he was younger. Decided he decided to perfect his skill in rapping, right? And the man made it out of the hood. Now, as a man should think, he went back and thought, hmm, how can I solve the problems in my neighborhood? Right? He thought this. He's like, how can I go back and help my neighborhood become a better place? And went back into his neighborhood, gave back to the community. He bought storefronts. He bought property. Um, this man went from nothing to a multi-million dollar dude with real, real estate investments. Right? He has a storefront. He's trying to make his neighborhood good. And he's on this path of you know working with the LAPD to try to create this program to kind of get the youth out of the gang life. Right? And all of a sudden, boom, my man's dead over some dumb shit. Now, I didn't really pay attention to what the whole thing was because I don't want to glorify the killer. I don't want to glorify his actions. I don't want to glorify his reasons. I just know a African-American male, whether he's truly African-American, according to some whatever, I don't care. A black man has died in the hood doing good that he thought he was doing because of jealousy, some, you know, unimportant bullshit or whatever. Another black man has fallen victim to another black man. And that to me is a sad, sad, sad reality, right? And it's something in the black community that we don't want to talk about. And let's be real about it. We don't want to talk about black on black crime, right? Because anytime we see our our brothers and sisters being slain by cops or, you know, white folks or some dumb shit on the news, right? We are quick to be like, oh, my God, racism is still alive and well in America, which I guess it is, depending on who you talk to or whatever. But still. A black man was killed by another black man over some dumb shit. And yet, instead of talking about that, and I'm being real, instead of talking about the black on black crime that we have in this in this society which is a problem we we really have a problem with this black on black crime instead we try to turn a blind eye to it or we dismiss it as black on black crime is a crime of proximity like that's the lamest excuse i've ever heard in my life it's like a crime of proximity so just because i live in a neighborhood filled with black people i have to go commit crimes against them like get the fuck out of here that to me is the dumbest shit i've ever heard White people live in close proximity to each other and they don't have nearly the same as, well, maybe they do. I don't know. I didn't really look into white people problems, but <laughs> let's be real. I didn't, but they, let's just say they don't have nearly the same white on white crime statistics that black folks have. 
You know what I'm saying? Italians had the same issue. They were all in the same neighborhoods for a while, and they don't have the same number of white on or Italian on Italian crimes as black folks have. Right? I mean, they had their crime, they had their issues, they had their murders and homicide, but not nearly to the extent that black folks have it. Let's be real. If you go to any of the major cities, Chicago, Detroit, Brooklyn, Los Angeles, like you go to any of these places, it's a high number of black on black crime. When are we going to sit here and talk about this problem that we have as a black community? Instead, when we like when people bring up black on black crime, it's like, oh, we're talking about black on black crime again. When are we going to stop talking about that and talk, talk talking about the racisms and blah, 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 blah. No, let's talk about the black on black crime first, because this is an epidemic. It's a problem. I was talking to somebody. Uh, last week, uh, I want to say last week, Saturday, right? I was driving cab and doing my job. I drive cab if you haven't noticed or you don't know. Now, you know, right? I drive cab on the weekends and it's good pay, right? But, <laughs> well, I don't want to say it's good pay, but it's a good job. I like the job, right? But I drive cabs on the weekend and I deal with people on a day-to-day basis, on a night-to-night basis, I guess you could say, right? And I was talking to this one individual, I was driving him to do whatever he needed to do. But on the way to driving where he was going, he was happy to see another black guy driving a car, driving a cab. He was like, man, it's, it's good to see a brother do good in this society. And I said, yeah, thanks, man. I'm trying to do what I can for me and my family, right? Because it's the truth. I'm doing what I have to do as a man to provide for my future wife and my kid, right? He's like, it's good to see a black man do good, like doing something positive instead of doing something negative. And then as he said that, it kind of struck a nerve with me. I was just like, damn, son, like, how come we have to say that statement out loud? And he was like, what do you mean? I was just like, well, you just said it's good to see a black man do something positive, doing something positive. It's like, so that tells me every other time a black guy is, you know, our brothers and sisters are doing something negative. Or being seen in a negative light. And that to me is a sad statement. My man's paused for a minute. And he was just like, you know what? You right about that. I didn't think about it until now. I'm just like, yeah, ain't that some crazy shit? Right? And then mind you, this is a like, from where I picked him up to where he was going, it was like a 15 minute ride. And within this 15 minute, we had like this existential <laughs> conversation about black folks, right? And as I was driving him to his destination, his thing was, it was just like, you know, what's the biggest killer of African-Americans? I was just like, you know what? I couldn't tell you. He was just like, you know, people would tell you it's police brutality. It would be, you know, people would be like, it's this and that and a third. But realistically, the biggest killers of other African-Americans is African-Americans. And I was just like, yep. And he's like, you know what the largest portion of that is? And I was just like, well... If you want to think about it, probably crime. He's like, yeah, well, not just crime, gangs. Gangs are the highest slaughter rate of African-Americans in America, right? Because gang violence is the highest, like has the highest percentage of killing African-Americans in America, right? Not drugs, not AIDS, not police, not anything else. It's literally gangs that's killing, you know, black folks off in the hood, right? Nothing else, not police, not nothing else, not, not, it's black folks killing other black folks. But yet when we talk about it, 
right? We're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> I've read countless of Facebook posts. It's like, if I see another statement about black on black crime, I'm going to just flip. I'm just like, okay, but it's true. We as black folks are killing each other. So when are we going to acknowledge that? You know, when are we going to acknowledge that? When is it okay to talk about that statistic? Because from what I'm seeing, it's never okay to talk about that statistic. Uh, statistic, And it's sad because it's the truth. Like white people, like the one thing I've noticed about white folks, right? Other than that, you know, they have their own, they march to their own rhythm of the beat or whatever. Uh, but they, they tend to kind of look at things in a pragmatic point of view, right? They'll kind of point things out, point things out as it is, right? And as much as police brutality, I'm against it. And, you know, the racism and all that other bullshit that comes with American uh, being black in America. The one thing I don't want to deal with. And I don't want to say I don't want to deal with the one thing that I don't want to shy away from is the fact that in the inner cities, we kill our own at a vastly high rate. We do. I don't, I don't know what the statistics is per se. I mean, you can Google that if you want to, because today I'm just talking, you know, I'm just talking philosophically. I don't want to give, I, I don't want to give an academic speech, so to speak, because I don't want to talk with facts and figures and stuff. I'm just talking philosophically. Like, why is it that we as African-Americans don't want to talk about the fact that black on black violence is an issue in African-American society? We kind of brush it under the rug. Oh, you know, it's a crime of proximity or we just give some other bullshit kind of wannabe explanation to it. But when in fact, it's the biggest thing in Amer in African-American societies. We are our biggest detriment. Look at Malcolm X. Look at Martin Luther King. Look at, um, you know, the genocides going on in Africa. You know, the genocides in Africa are black folks killing other black folks because they're not part of the same fucking tribe. <laughs> Here in America, it's the same thing. You're literally killing each other because one one wears red, one wears blue. You're fighting over a fucking bandana. Something that people wipe sweat off their foreheads with and wipe their ass with when they go camping. you fucking killing each other over that. Really? <laughs> are you... Are, you kidding me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're killing each other over colors. Colors. Red and blue. Roy G. Biv. We're killing each other over Roy G. Biv. Colors on a fucking rainbow. Oh, he's wearing... He's repping the blue set. I gotta kill him because... I gotta kill him because... Oh, he's repping the red set. I gotta kill him blue... Like, get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. I probably got that shit all backwards, but I don't give a fuck. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. You wearing a red colored shirt and I'm part of the blue colored shirt. So I have to take your life. Really? nigga? Really? That's what we de That's what we devolve into as an African-American society. Like you wear red or you wear blue. Like get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And the fact that we don't want to talk about it and be real about it nonetheless is the dumbest shit ever too. There's another dumb shit that we have to like we, we kind of tend to ignore as African Americans. It's like really? We're gonna pretend that gang violence is not an issue in this country. And I say that because gang violence is what took this man's life. Nipsey Hussle was in this hood doing good. 
He was giving people jobs. He was buying real estate. This man was working towards something in his hood, trying to get his block better. Maybe he did make his block better. I don't know because I didn't follow the story because I didn't really find interest in, in him as a rapper. But this man died because some other black man, like, he got crossed by, like, really? On some dumb personal shit? This is what we've evolved into as human beings. Not even, like, black, white, whatever. This is human being shit right here. Right? As human beings on this floating rock in this space of dead air. Like, if you ever look at space, it's dead. It's black. It's vacuum. It's a, it's a vacuum. There's nothing in there. You can't even breathe out there. It's cold. There's a sun, which is an exploding star, like, a couple million miles away that gives us light so we can fucking grow food and shit on this shitty-ass rock. Instead, we're just killing each other over red and blue. Over colors on a fucking rainbow that you see after a rain. When the sun hits the light in a certain... When the sun reflects a certain way. Like, get out of here, yo. Seriously? <laughs> this is what we've devolved into? As a species? As a race? Fighting over some colors? We're fighting over crayons, my man. Crayons. That's some bullshit, if you ask me. Now, <laughs> here's another thought that I had with this Nipsey Hussle thing. is that when this man was alive and doing his good things, you not hear a damn peep about the good stuff he was doing. Let's be real. Like, I mean, you might have seen some, like, you know, Facebook clip here and there. But realistically, how many views that shit had? Like 15,000? I have 333 million motherfuckers in this... United States, only 15,000 people saw that and was kind of like, oh, okay, let me share that. And it was haphazardly shared. When this man was doing good, when he was alive and doing good, nobody gave a damn what he was doing. Now that this man is dead, everybody and their mama want to have like a conspiracy theory thing going on to it. Or they want to kind of like, oh, well, I was rocking with Nipsey Hussle since day one. It's like, nah, dogs, you wasn't. I didn't see a damn Nipsey Hussle thing on your timeline until this man died within the past, this past week, and all of a sudden your timeline is flooded with Nipsey Hussle shit. Get out of here. When this man was doing good, not a damn peep from you. Not a damn share, not a damn like, not a nothing. Now this man has died, you want to act like you was on his legacy and shit. Like, no, you wasn't. Let's be real. You was not. When he was doing good, when he was buying up real estate in his hometown, when he was giving people like the poor folks in his company, in his uh, in his neighborhood jobs so that they can live and, you know, live a decent life and whatnot. Where were you sharing that shit? You was nowhere to be found. Now all of a sudden my man's is dead and now everybody on Facebook and they mama want to share shit about Nipsey Hussle. Now they're sharing his music. Now they're sharing his message. I'm like, yo, why does it take the death of a good black man for every individual to fucking step up and do something positive in their community? When Martin Luther King was alive, none of, you know, not too many people was listening. But as soon as my man died, everybody named mama want to use his theology or his ideologies as their own. Like, get out of here. That's some bullshit. When Malcolm X was alive and telling you when somebody wronged you, you wronged them back. Before he went to um, Mecca and had that pilgrimage in um, 
shit, what did they do, Mecca? Uh, it is Mecca, but before you had that uh, that pilgrimage to go, you know, pray and meet, you know, other members of it, the faith of his uh, religion, is Islam, which is Islam, I believe. Um, when he went and met other people of his faith, and they were all of different races and different colors and creeds and nationalities and all this other stuff, and then he came back and started talking about peace. None of you motherfuckers was having it. In fact, you wasn't having it so much that they killed the man. Get your hands out of my pocket, nigga. Bam, bam, bam. Shot Malcolm right there on the stage. Really? And now everybody want to share Malcolm X's message of peace and prosperity and all this other stuff. Get out of here. Y'all some crabs, yo. That's some real shit. Y'all some crabs. And that shit pisses me the fuck off because I look at black folks. I love my black people, right? Because I'm black. My daughter's going to be half black. And I want her to know the black half of her as well as the white side, right? Because I want to raise a superhuman. <laughs> Honestly, I want to raise a superhuman like child, but it's not going to happen, but it's okay. But I want my child to know both the black side and the white side of her because that's going to make her whole. Because she is half white, she is half black. And I want her to know what is going on in the black community. I want her to have to identify as being a black woman. And a white woman. She's a mixed kid because she's both. She can do that. You know what I mean? She can walk the fine line of both, um, of both races. But she's gonna have her own uh, issues as a mixed race baby. But that's a different podcast for a different day. Or actually, you can go listen to the old podcast that I've done about that. Right? But still, we talk about peace and all this other stuff when. A famous or a big figure in our community dies. When they're alive, crickets. As soon as they die, now everybody named Mama want to throw up, you know, some kind of uh, you know, tribute to this individual. Like, get the fuck out of here. Y'all nothing but crabs. Let's be real. When Soldier Boy went on that fucking Complex Magazine podcast interview, right? And he was talking about... Um, Selling or, or creating video games and, you know, trying to be a black entrepreneur. What was the first thing those idiots fucking did? They clowned his ass. They clowned him. They were making fun of him. Oh, why are you making video games? Oh, your video game console sucks. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, what's the point of it? Really? A black man? Soldier Boy, a black man. Now, first, like, you know, let's be real. He's kind of like a clown, you know what I mean? Because he does some dumb shit. But my man is doing some great things in the community. Nope. No problems. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody want to be crabs in the bucket and kind of bring them down. Fuck y'all. Y'all <laughs> some dumbasses, yo. That was some real shit. That pisses me off. And yeah, I'm going to talk about it because it just drives me nuts. When black folks try to do good, y'all are silent. But as soon as they die, oh, y'all want to act like y'all were down with them for the fucking, from the beginning. Like, no, you wasn't. You wasn't down for the cause. You were just, now you just dick riding. Yeah. This is, this is a big problem, I think. In our community. We have to be honest with it.
<sighs> it's one of those things where it's just kind of like the longer I think about it, the more it bothers me. Because it's like I see big potential, but at the same time, it's frustrating, really. Because it's like you see potential, and then when shit like this happens, you just kind of like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? You see the potential, but then you see, you see, what is the word I'm looking for, the phrase that I'm looking for? You see the contradiction in everything, right? You, you see how people move, you see how people talk, you see their intentions and everything, and then you just see the, contra you, you see the contradiction, and that's what I'm seeing. I see, you know, I, I, I see black folks talking about peace. But yet, at the same breath and in the same click, because we live in this wonderfully well-connected technology nowadays, but in the same breath and in the same click, you see the same folks preaching peace pulling the triggers on each other. The same man that's telling you that he's down for the good cause, he's down for, you know, we need universal peace, we need to come together as a community, blah, 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 etc., etc. He's the same motherfucker that'll blast another motherfucker for stepping on his J's. But yet, I'm not supposed to comment on that, though. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm not supposed to comment on that because black-on-black -black crime is, you know, is, is taboo, essentially. But no, I'm going to talk about what I see. And this is what I see on a daily basis. And it's sad to me. If y'all don't want to acknowledge it, that's your problem. That's not mine. Because I see the truth for what it is. I see universal truth. I don't see perspective truth. You know what I mean? And from what I've seen, black folks are the biggest detriment to other black folks. Because let's look at LeBron, right? Bron Bron came from nothing my man was born in akron to a single mother which is another problem in the back black community we have no fathers in there right we have no fathers because they're being locked up and whatnot now trust me i know what the situation is i know what's going on but at some point we have to look at the problem and be like oh shit i need to step up and do my part right but we have lebron james born to a single mother lived in the projects was wonderful at basketball so good that he was called the chosen one. He was dubbed the chosen, uh, the chosen one, right? And he went on to the NBA and made millions. My man is almost a billion-dollar athlete, legitimate billion-dollar athlete. And what do people say? Oh, LeBron ain't that good, or LeBron's a sellout, or LeBron's this, or LeBron's that, and every negative blah, 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 blah that comes with it, right? Ignoring the fact that we have one of the most dominant basketball figures in our fucking generation that we'll ever see ever Right the man has done nothing wrong. He has no Controversies no jail record no arrest records. No nothing married to the married his high school sweetheart had three kids He's actually a father. He's a husband. He's doing great in life. He's making money He's giving back to his community and yet and yet he still receives a shit ton of hate. I don't get it. <laughs> How? I don't understand. Like, somebody please come over here and explain this to me because I don't get it. 
How can a man come from nothing, get everything, and still get hated on? Stephen A. Smith, as much as I don't like that man and the way he talks on ESPN, but he's he has a point. Today he was talking about, like, he, I saw a, uh, a quote on ESPN, uh, like on Facebook, ESPN, the uh, web, uh, Facebook page, where Stephen A. Smith was talking about LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and all these other... Uh, Jay-Z and all these other guys, they're not the American dream. They're they're the American fantasy, right? Stephen A. Smith was like, I'm the American dream. And he has a fucking point. He really does. Here's a man who was born in ghettos as well, right? He was born from nothing. Worked his ass, went to college, got a degree, started off in the newspaper, grinded his ass off doing newspaper articles, podcasts, radio shows that he didn't want to do. Then he got his big break at ESPN, and now my man is making $6.5 million a fucking year. Doing what he loves to do, and that's talking about sports. Whether you love the man or you hate the man, you cannot deny his hustle. As a black man in America, he made it. He buzzed his ass, and he fucking made it and yet he still receives hate on a daily motherfucking basis from other black guys other african americans as well (laughs) that's crazy to me like seriously how can you hate a man that got nothing started off with nothing and got everything he's ever wanted how is that like a reason for hate that should be admirable he literally paved you the way to get to where you need to get to he gave you the blueprint. Jay-Z gave y'all the blue, the blueprint on how to be successful in your lives. And instead, y'all want to turn to gang-banging, drugs. You want to take the flashy way out. Going back to the conversation where I had with I had with this guy in the cab, he says the black folks' biggest downfall is that we don't... We don't try to do better as black folks. We attain to we are enamored and inspired by what's trending and it's so true have you seen some of the fashion that everybody out here is rocking the Balenciaga shoes or whatever the fuck it's called that shit's ugly (laughs) but black folks are all about what's trending not what's necessary that's what we are and when he said that to me that shit resonated so hard i thought about it the entire night i was working and then today in this podcast i'm saying it to you guys black folks are more worried about what's trending than what's necessary shout out to my man who gave me that quote i'm not going to put his name out on the podcast i don't want his business out there but d thank you so much for that that was the most that was the realest thing i've ever heard in my entire life Black folks love what's trending, not what's necessary. We're living in 2019. We have this victim mindset of like, you know, the man is keeping me down and blah, blah, blah. If it is true, you still have resources. It may be finite, meaning small or limited, but you still have resources. At some point, personal accountability has to kick in and you have to get yourself up and go do what you need to do to get the fuck out of this situation. At some point, you got to put dumb things behind you and grow the fuck up. I learned this the hard way. I was one way in my life, and then I got a girl who loves me, and now I have a daughter on the way, and I see life in a totally different light. It is very vastly different how I see life. I'm not quick to be angered. I, I kind of, 
you know, if I am angry, I am quiet. I, I think about my actions. I think about my thought process. And then I, I weigh the pros and cons of the situation. And then I go forward. And that's what I think black folks need to do. They need to wake the fuck up, personally. And no, I'm not saying this from a place of badness or a place of uh, because my girlfriend's white. I'm saying this because, you know, I'm on the quote unquote white side or whatever. No, nah, fuck y'all. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this because as a black man, I got myself out of some shitty situations. I got myself out of a fucked up situation. I got out of a, you know, a depression hole. Uh, I was in a in a bad place. I got myself out of there with the help of my girlfriend where I had a dream. She had a vision. Or I should say it this way. I had a dream. She had a plan for me to attain that vision. Right. I got myself out of that hole. And now I'm working my ass off and busting my butt to get to where I need to get to. And I see what the grind is like. I see what it is. And I'm seeing it from a different perspective. And I'm just like, damn, this is crazy. We're our own worst enemy. And black folks, you are your own worst enemy. Let's be real. I love y'all. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I saw my friend's uh, Facebook page page today, right? And he posted, gang members haven't shot one KKK member in the history of gangbanging. But they've sure as hell killed a lot of black folks along the way. Let that sink in for a minute. In the history of gangbanging. In the whole entire history of gangbanging. Which started up in the 70s. In the history from 1970 something to 2019. In that entire history of gangbanging quote unquote. Not a damn one of you motherfuckers went after a KKK member. And shot and killed them for fucking up your brethren and your brothers and your sisters. Not a goddamn one of you did that. But look at the statistics on gangbanging deaths on African-American child. Innocence. Look at the innocent one first. That'll blow your mind first. Then look at it killing each other. It's just crazy to me. You mean to tell me you'd rather kill a brother that looks like you, talks like you, walks like you, came from the same fucking conditions as you, than go after somebody that wronged you, that wronged someone that looks like you. Wronged your brothers and your sisters and your uncles and your aunts and nieces and nephews and and all this other stuff. Really? Daughters and sons. Really? You let the motherfucker that don't look like you slide, but the one that looks like you has to pay the price? Like, get the fuck out of here. So this whole Nipsey Hussle death um, has taught me one thing. Well, not even taught me one thing. It's taught me multiple things. But the one thing that I took from it is, is that we as black folks has got to do better. Hence the title of this episode. We have got to do better. It's crazy to me. This is crazy. And I want to end on this note. As long as you're fighting your own... You won't see the real enemy coming. Meme I'm seeing on Facebook. I don't remember where exactly I saw it, but I saw it and it resonates true. I 
as long as we're fighting our own, we won't see the real enemy coming. That goes for everybody. Ain't that crazy? One man's death has led this spiral of thinking for me. You know? Where was all the support and love when Nipsey Hussle was alive and doing the great things that he was doing for his community, for the black folks, for the impoverished kids? He said he sent kids to college and all this other stuff. What was the love and support when he was alive doing that? Where was it? I sure as hell didn't see it. But as soon as my man dies, everybody in their mama comes out the woodworks and starts saying, oh, I was down with him from the jump. I was like, nah, bro, you was not. Because if you were, if you were, if you really was down with Nipsey Hussle from the beginning, right, you would clean up your neighborhoods. You would. You would take all that drug money you're dealing and buy up property in your neighborhood so that everybody in your neighborhood can live right. You would invest in that neighborhood instead of robbing from that neighborhood, instead of putting on a ski mask and pulling up a gun and a pistol on your neighbor and robbing them for their hard-earned checks that they went to work a 9-to-5 or a 10-to-10 job to bust their ass for. You went and robbed them to get your money. Nah, you ain't down for the cause. You ain't. And this is my challenge out to y'all. I don't care if you get pissed off at this or not. But this is a very harsh and critical look at the black community in my perspective. You can say whatever you want. You can say I'm an Uncle Tom. You can say that I'm a traitor to the black race. But nah, I ain't. I love my black folks. I'm black myself. I'm Haitian. I'm from Haiti. A, a, a country that is being robbed. Blind. Blind by rich folks. But yet, I still found a way to find pride in my nationality. To try to make a better person of myself, try to represent my nationality in a positive light. You don't see me out here robbing and scheming on folks. Maybe I did in the past, but I learned. You know what I'm saying? I grew up. I left stupid shit behind me, and I grew up. And now I'm trying to do better for this community. I'm trying to show y'all or tell y'all, to be honest with you, that there's a better way to do things. My perspective on relationships has changed. My perspective on life has changed. I grew the fuck up. And I think it's about time that you motherfuckers did as well. I'm Vladimir Jean-Philippe. And this is Guys at the Roundtable Podcast. Thanks for listening. And a few little announcements that I want to put out there before I end this show. Is that, uh, look, be on the lookout. Uh, I am hooking up with another podcaster. Her name is Mariah Solomon, and she is uh, she just started actually a new podcast called Pause. So check that out if you have a chance. She's brand new, so I think she has like maybe two, three episodes out at the point. But uh, I'm going to be collaborating with her uh, here shortly, and I think our first relation uh, topic we're going to be discussing is relationships. Uh, she's a female, so we're going to be talking about relationships from a male and female perspective. I have my interesting points and hopefully she can <laughs> withstand my misogyny a little bit and, you know, kind of come with some counterpoints. So be on the lookout for that podcast. Hopefully it'll be out next week. If not, um, I'll get that to you guys as soon as possible. And also, and I want to give a shout out to Andy Meese, my boy, 
um, he's dealing with some mental issues, okay? And let's be real, mental issues is a real issue in this country of ours. And I'm super proud of my man because he kind of um, went on a podcast and poured his heart out a little bit. So be on the lookout for that one. I, I, I don't know when he's posting it, but um, if he can't post it, I'll post it out for him and put it out there for you guys as soon as possible. But yeah, it, it, it's one of those podcasts that really makes you think about your life, life in general, and just mental illness and how it really affects everybody. And um, it's it's important that we talk about these tough topics. We don't have to be academics to talk about these co- topics. We don't have to be very smart. I'm just a regular dude with a regular ass job who has hopes and dreams and who's going to be a daddy, a father, and a husband. And, you know, I'm just talking about shit that I see. Real shit. Okay? So, thank you guys for listening. You guys have been wonderful. Um, hopefully... You know, I can consistently pump out these podcasts for you guys. If there's issues, uh, be assured I will pump out something for you guys. I will not leave you guys high and dry for more than a week. I promise you that. Okay? But uh, with that being said, thanks a lot for listening to this podcast. I'm your boy, Vladimir Jean-Philippe, and this is Guys at a Roundtable. I will catch you guys on the flip side. Remember, as always, Vladdy loves y'all. Peace. That's all for today's show. Join us next week as we once again take a seat at the table. Thanks for listening.